hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Sucker Time. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Yes, it's still Mark Hershon, and I'm still at the fourth annual Los Angeles Podcast Festival, taking up space in the Squarespace Podcast Lab and interviewing comedians, podcasters, and comedian podcasters as they breeze through the doorway. I'm releasing each interview as its own mini-sode, and this is the sixth in the lineup, which is why it is episode 116F. And my guest this time around was our guest on a full episode of Succotash back in Epi 109 in May, Greg Proops. At this festival, he's guesting on Jackie Cation's The Dork Forest, performing its own show, and also guesting on Dinner Party Download. Known for his tenure on the various incarnations of Whose Line Is It Anyway on TV, Greg is the host of The Smartest Man in the World and the Greg Proops Film Club. He's also recently released his first book, The Smartest Book in the World. And now he's on a jagged world journey, hopping, skipping, and jumping to different countries around the world to promote the book, mostly by doing his podcast in the same locales as well. Greg and I revisit some of the topics we hit back in May when he was on the show, the challenges of doing improv as a guest performer, keeping an act fresh, and staying sane on the road, plus a lot more. I'm posting this on Sunday, the last day of the L.A. PodFest. I'm not sure who else might sweep through the portals of the lab, but I will grab who I can and bring those Succotash chats directly to you. Thanks for passing the Succotash. So you're not doing your own podcast here this year? I am. I'm doing it tomorrow. You are? Okay. Four o'clock. Excellent. Yeah. In the same room we were in with Jackie. Oh, okay, great. So, what did you talk with uh, Jackie about? Uh, 70s movies, so it was, uh, you know, that's, I can go on till the end of time. Yeah. And she hadn't seen them all, and so I recommended some. And uh, then, of course, as you go through it, you realize you're missing a bunch of movies. Yes. We, we never talked about Spielberg, not once. Really? Yeah. And I thought, that's kind of cool, though. Everyone knows about Jaws, and yeah, yeah. he's certainly popular enough. I think so. He's got enough attention. I, I went with Sidney Lumet and, uh, and the Blaxploitation. Stuff that the kids... If you're in your 20s, you haven't seen uh, Foxy Brown and you haven't seen uh, uh, Dog Afternoon. And those, I think, are better for you to see than... You, you can always see Jaws. <laughs> Jaws isn't groundbreaking. Jaws is just a good horror movie. You kind of can't avoid movies like Jaws. It's mainstream popcorn, yeah. chewy, chewy goodness. Yeah. yeah. That's what I said. I said, you know, after Star Wars, it... That's why every movie now is Avengers Assemble because of Star Wars. Yes. Well, to simplify something. Greg Proops, uh, last time we spoke with you, uh, your book had just come out, the smartest book in the world. And how is it doing? It's doing very well, thank you. You've been you've been terribly kind about it, Mark. And you wrote a really lovely review and you've been very supportive and been going around the world selling it. And since I've seen you, I've gone to all over the United States and uh, London, uh, Scotland, Amsterdam, uh, in Boston, that's all in the last two weeks, and then next this week, Baltimore, DC, Toronto. Wow! And uh, so, yeah, we're still pushing it all the time. That's excellent. Yeah, and we got we got it on sale for here. Good. Yeah, perfect. So it's going good. I mean, it's not on the New York Times bestseller list or anything like that for this. Yeah, I know. Right? Oh, what is that with that? It's all rigged. Yeah, of course, it is rigged. It's rigged. Um, have you been able to focus on other things now that the book is out of your system? Uh, no, because I'm still selling it all the time. Uh, but I've been okay. doing the podcast everywhere. So yeah. we've been doing the. We did the podcast everywhere we went uh, that I was talking about, and everywhere we're going. And then uh, um, I got a lot of Who's Line coming up with uh, Ryan um, 
styles in them. I'm in a group with him, and so we, we got a lot of dates in October and jazz. And then uh, I'm going to do a literary event in San Francisco on the 13th called Lit Quake. Sure. Yeah. Lit Quake so I'm coming in for one. Yeah. Jack Bullar is someone I've known for 30 years oh, in San okay, Francisco. Yeah. And uh, uh, I knew him when he was, you know, did the Nose magazine and oh, all that, God, of course. Yeah. And so you remember all this. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go up and do that for one night. And that's in the middle of being in Chicago with the boys. So I'm flying back from Chicago, then I'm going to do Lit Quake and then back to Chicago. Okay. And we are both missing Comedy Day tomorrow. Yeah, we are both missing Comedy Day tomorrow because I will be here. And I will, too. I will be, too. Yeah. But uh, I recently, I, I don't know if you saw it, I posted a picture on Facebook probably a couple of years ago of, like, one that we were at. Is it the one where you're dressed as Sergeant Pepper? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that was fantastic. 87, 88? So, something yeah, yeah. like that, yeah. yeah. Oh, we did a bunch with the underground. Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Great. The whole dance thing. We'll take you higher. Yes. <laughs> um, I always love Comedy Day. Oh, it was always great. I can't go every year anymore. Just, no, it's, just, it's, it's exhausting. I always said to Jennifer, it's like walking out of a party in 1989 and walking back into the party. Yeah, and, and everyone's had kids. Yeah, and everyone's right, there. Right, yes. In suits. Right. Saying good evening. No. Even right. though it's the middle of the, the same afternoon. cast, but with white hair and kids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Um, I can't remember the last time I did it, four or five years ago. I was there, I stopped last year, and I think I lasted about an hour and a half, and I yeah. just couldn't do it. Just, There's always people there that you don't want to see, uh, that's, who are included in the million of people you do want to see. That's and, the double-edged sword of yeah. an event like that, isn't yeah. it? You just go, and then you go, oh, you know what, I forgot, I really don't like that person. Yeah, you're, I, you're, you're always in my face, I don't, <laughs> or, oh, God. I, but then you run into, like, you know, uh, I was there four or five years ago, Doug was doing... Getting uh, uh, super high, me, I think. Oh, it okay. has to be whenever that was. Golly, and it's more than four hundred years ago. Wow, okay. And Jack Rackus was there, and we hung out all day. Oh, and, yeah. So I hadn't seen him in a long time, yeah, and yeah. we kind of renewed our friendship because of it, you know. So last when I went last year, I got uh, sort of uh, cornered by this juggler, Fred Anderson. I oh, I remember Fred. Name. Yeah, we used to rehearse in his space south of Market. Yeah, and he says, "I've never forgotten the fact that you pulled me off the bill." in Spokane because we had there were two jugglers on the really bill. when you were doing the booking that's what he remembers yeah oh, brother yeah yeah because 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 you realize you'd book two jugglers on the show well how is that your fault <laughs> I'm sure you gave him another week at some other of course fine place in Coeur d'Alene the yeah. rocking horse that's or something. Right. but that's what he remembered yeah of course the bitterness thank you for bringing that up after 150 <laughs> fucking years Fred Fred was like many jugglers uh, you know Sense of humor was known. I just nice fellow. Like I said, Faultline used to rehearse in his space. He had a, he had a space south of Market, oh, sure, right yeah. on the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would book it to a lot of people, like bands, oh, yeah. comics. And so we always like we that. always yeah. rehearsed. And we rented his space. It was sort of like the equivalent of I'm opening a comedy club so I can get into the business. Right. Yeah. Right. Hey, my pal. I thought you were going to say Frank Olivier because I was in Edinburgh oh, uh, two weeks ago and fucking Frank Durst was there. Oh wow. So I saw Durst and we went. To, to, of course, we went out and had yeah, drinks and we went to lunch. And then uh, Frank Olivia walks up to me out of nowhere. I was selling books. And he goes, hey, Greg. And I'm like, Frank, you know. Excuse me. I hadn't seen him in 100 years. Yeah. He's working in the cobs. Both cobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, just worked for uh, Bob Ayers Thursday night. Who is now the executive producer of the TEDx events in Marin County. Oh, that doesn't so was, surprise me in the least. So I was hosting wow. TEDx for him, which was a lot of fun. Uh, is it Chip around, or is it just Bob? No, just Bob. Yeah, okay. Working it himself. Uh, Did he feel you up at all? No. Was that one of No, he feel you up in the end. Oh, 
Okay. Okay. Maybe I felt it more than once. Maybe he's become gentler over yeah. the years, or I don't know. <laughs> I assume he still has the same look. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Everything's still going the same. But uh, anyway, that was that brought back memories. Wow. Yeah. Um, so what you've done a lot of uh, the smartest men in the world. Uh, is that the plural for your podcast? The smartest, smartest men. men in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Any favorite topics that you you haven't plumbed enough or that you wish you could go back to? I mean, I guess you can go back to anything you want. I can. I can go back to anything. The network doesn't get on your ass, do they? They no. let you do whatever you want. No one, uh, no one tells me anything to do on the show, so yeah. it's fantastic. Uh, always women's rights, I think, um, is a popular topic. And uh, particularly now, um, now that the Republican debates are underway and oh, yeah. uh, we've seen the uh, savage disregard with which they hold most of the human race. Yeah, um, right. I think it's certainly valid to bring it back up now. And uh, also I've had uh, some people get on my dick because I'm a Hillary supporter and people are like, how can you do that, man? And then people will say to me, is it just because she's a woman? And I'll be like, are you supporting Bernie Sanders just because he's an old white guy? You realize how irrelevant the question sounds once you say it. Uh, so uh, I think it's time to revisit all that. And I probably will and never stop. And of course, there's been a... a you know, they're trying to defund Planned Parenthood in the last couple of weeks. Yes. And, you know, it's just been a, a terrible time for uh, women's issues. And yet, for your material, it continues to be a rich, roaring bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, tr I'll plumb the same ground over and over again until there's no way to raise crops in that soil. <laughs> you need a volcanic implant. Uh, any reflections on podcasting as an industry as we go through the fourth... LA Podfest. Now that all these, there's this tremendous well, amount of networks. How many people are there. making a living? At, 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 I would say show, show hands. still under show hands. three. Nobody. Had, no. I would say <laughs> Adam, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Marin. Marin, but Marin's got a, you know yeah, TV, show. TV in the book and yeah, yeah. Rogan, but Rogan does the road. Yeah. I mean, if you're just talking about just making money from podcasting, I don't know. Yeah. I, I would say it's under three. What about the, all these networks that are carrying the podcasts? How are they doing? I don't know. I think they're doing fine. I'm, uh, I'm not with any of them, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with a, a, a special thing, which is just Matt and Ryan. And, uh, right. Uh, they do Jimmy and they do Doug and me. I think that's what the – and then Ryan does his own one. He does a, a stand-up podcast from uh, the UCD. Um, so we're like a boutique. So oh, okay. I'm, uh, yeah, I basically – I'm the guy knitting sock monkeys and <laughs> selling them from a box on the corner. I'm that psychopath. But with, with ours, it's mostly taking it around to different places. That's the fun part of it for me. I don't have that. I never started being in podcasting because I thought it would spend money. No. And uh, <laughs> the fact that you have to provide free content because that's the paradigm uh, yeah. sort of limits the amount you can. That's true. And, uh, you know, you take ads here and there, but I try not to take every bloody ad. Um, I'm never going to take, like, boner pills or <laughs> sex lube or anything like that because it makes me ill. Just when I take it. <laughs> <laughs> but, we, you know, uh, Audible certainly advertised on my show, and I think I've got a couple of other ads in the recent past. and uh, So that spends a little money to keep it going. Well, I mean, because I'm funding myself, you know. For, like, we were in Amsterdam last week, and, you know, the club pays a certain amount, and they get you a room up to a certain point, but, you're, you know, you've got to get yourself there. And, you, yeah. and as you know, travel expenses are the oh most... My God. That's where everything is. Yeah. It's all in travel. Oh, yeah. So... I'll say to my wife, we're not doing this to be rich. We're doing this to make it awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and does she fall for it? Yeah. 
Fortunately, uh, well, you know Jennifer. I mean, she uh, she's game yeah. to go anywhere and do anything. And she would be bored staying in one place. So that I know about her. And so that's why we have a good relationship. Where uh, Years ago, we were on the road for like six weeks in Australia and New Zealand. And we had a 24-hour trip home that took forever and ever and had to fly all over. And, of course, we're on the plane. And I said, would you stay out? And she's like, yeah. I knew she didn't want to come home. At that point, your clothes are falling apart. You haven't, you know, the cat's quite dead. Of, 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 of the large circle of people we know, I think I fancy you most the adventurer of all of them. Oh, well, that's Because nice you, you do travel so I'd much. say Tom Rhodes, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rhodesy's really that's addressless. True. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And but his but you come back and you tell your stories. No, that's true. Rhodes is hard to nail down. Rhodes is hard to nail down because you never know when he's in China or whatever. That's right. But you, you come back, you share stories, and then uh, you no, go back I, out again. I, it's, been, it's been a great opportunity to travel around, and that, that's the part I've enjoyed the most about the podcast. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes they'll try to go, oh, we'll do a stand-up show, too, on the same night. And I'm like, no, just the podcast. It's enough. Well, like you explained, there are two different animals. The audiences are different. Your reaction to the audience is completely Com- different. Absolutely, Mark. I mean, people, you know, for comedy purveyors and comedy producers, they don't give a shit whether it's a monkey jumping up and down or, you know, you know, you play cymbals with your knees. It's all the same to them. So if they figure you're going to get more people into doing stand-up, then that's what they want. And oh. then you have to argue them down to the podcast level. Or, well, can't you do an improv show? And can't you sit in with our improv group? Well, no, I can't, because that's not what I want to do. Although, having said that, I did the Boston Comedy Arts Festival last weekend. Yeah. And um, the two gigs I did were I did the podcast, and then I sat in with their group on the next night. And it was great fun. Oh, that's great. Cool. They are wildly energetic. They were warming up and shit like that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, the energy ball. Trust and circle. Trust circle, totally. And they go, you want to warm up with this? And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go outside for a while. <laughs> and then I went out and got high, and I came back. and You warm up your way, I'll warm up Yeah, mine. like I... I'm not that bothered. I Believe me, when the bell rings, I, I'll be funny. <laughs> I don't have to throw a pretend ball at you to, to connect with you. I'm, li- I'm actually listening. Um, but having said that, they were all really lovely and wonderful. But, you know, there's that. There's a cult of improv in this country, you know, that's even different than when we were doing it in the 80s. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were really a lot more kind of drinky and druggy and let's just have fun. Right. And these people are fucking serious about making it happen, structure, the whole enchilada, and they're well, very good. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's the humorous dichotomy is the amount of structure that they're inserting into what is essentially structuralist. Well, right. What we always right? say is it's, it, you have to learn the rules, imperative to learn the rules, and then... Break them all. It's don't, jazz. Don't do the rules yet. It's jazz. I, right. I improvise the podcast. I talk about whatever I want, whatever comes into my head. Hopefully I'm not repeating himself, uh, myself. Um, I have no interest in r- rules or how stuff's played. Uh, we were doing it in the West End in London, uh, uh, I think, since I've seen you. We did Who's Line for two weeks at the Adelphi Theater. And uh, Stephen Frost is in the group who's on the British Who's Line. Oh, yeah. And he has his own group, and they're in China this week. And, of course, Frost is hilarious, right? And the jokiest, gaggiest, like, he doesn't follow any of the rules in the scene. If there's a chance to make a joke and stop the scene dead, he'll do it, right? <laughs> and we were doing a Quasimodo scene, and we both did, uh, I don't know who he is, the face rings a bell, like, out of nothing. It wasn't even set up. We didn't even set it up. We just did it. Did the punchline. And, He'll run around the stage and do, and do a lap of honor on the worst pun ever. And uh, Josie was saying something like, oh, no, you, must, you mustn't get a suggestion for this uh, game. It has to be a certain kind of suggestion. And, da, da, da. and Frosty turns to me and goes, sometimes I don't even hear the fucking suggestion. <laughs> and I was like, I'm exactly the same way. Because when we were doing this improv thing in Boston, they're like, well, which game do you want to play? And I go, I honestly don't care. 
you'll find once the game starts, I'll catch on and then yeah. it'll be funny. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's the one where we stand on the side. It doesn't matter if it's the one where you tag a person in. It doesn't. Yeah. We're here to joke. Let's just find the game. Let's yeah, just, right. Let's the just game talk and we'll find the game yeah. and it'll show up. So, you know, yeah. I'm all for structure because it gives you somewhere to go. Sure. Uh, and uh, a lot of people, it's important that they have structure because then they know how to end. Yes. And even within my podcast, I'm, I'm aiming towards something. Someone hard said, to, how long was hard the one? To, hard to tell sometimes. Right. In, in Amsterdam, someone said, how long was the show? Four and a half hours. And I was like, no, at 125, I pulled the brakes. I was high, but I still looked at my watch and went, We're now done. it's over. We're yeah, done. Now it's over. Let's, night, let's finish. Let's not talk for two and a half hours until everybody's like, oh, God. Right, you know, right. Yes. Is this, will this never end? Right. Yeah. Don't, don't let the brilliance run out. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Wanting more is always good. Excellent. Well, Greg, thanks so much. Of course, I would, baby. I would talk to you longer, but we just spoke, so what the heck. I know, Speak right? Again. Same ground it's over It's quieter now. here. Thank you, it everybody. Is. We were in a restaurant last I was going to say, time. everyone's sitting and listening, <laughs> judging my answers. <laughs> you did okay. No, we were in the noisiest place in the world last time. Oh, I was right. Generous of you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Of course. Good to see you. And thank you for the coasters and Absolutely. the zipper thingies. Zipper pull, yeah. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com. Or call into the Succotash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. Succotash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotage. Goodbye.